So our year has been pronounced as being Jesus lead us. Say that with me. Jesus lead us. And to go faster in order to make it through the message, I just want to share that we have been speaking about at least three triumphant processions or entries. I can't go over them. We've taught them before. We know that it's a triumphant procession in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, where Christ always leads us in a triumphant procession. We looked at John chapter 12, so Matthew and Mark. We know that there, Jesus, when he enters into Jerusalem on what is called Palm Sunday, it is called a triumphant entry. Everybody with me? But we all wanted to take a look and go back to one of the foundational processions, triumphant processions, is when the Ark of the Covenant was returned back to Jerusalem. And everybody said amen. amen. And that's where we'll go today. But in order for us to talk about that, I want to talk about what about us? Say what about us? We believe here that everyone plays, and so you're about to get up in just a moment, and you're going to go find someone that you're going to talk to and answer a question and pray with them. And that's what we do here. Uh, Sister, uh, uh, Sister Alicia uh, the other day says she was talking to one of the people that comes to Everyone Prays, and she said, you know, I was trying to say that at this church, they try to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that's right. But it's because of that uncomfortability that you grow. <laughs> Amen. She says, look at me. How many know she used to be as quiet as could be? <laughs> now she's on the microphone. Somebody say amen. amen. But here's uh, five stories. It's really simple, not long or anything. But I want to prompt you a little bit. And that is, here's like five stories. I want to begin with this one. Please understand this. I am not bringing this up. Please do not think that I'm speaking about politics or a particular persuasion or voting way, my favor, because you don't know what I'm like, so don't do that. Don't try to figure it out. I'm just using it as an example. Are you with me? <laughs> but I remember when Obama was inaugurated as president. People from BCC, and they might not go here anymore or whatever, they literally took a car, a flight, they went way out their way to go to the inauguration. Are y'all with me? I mean, all up on fences, you know, clapping in streets. And I was like, you did what? <laughs> I'm not saying you should have or shouldn't have. I'm just saying for that parade and, you know, coming down the road and you done, you've taken vacation time for this. Is everybody with me? That's one type of procession that you, some, might have wanted to celebrate. Might have wanted to what? Celebrate. Number two. You know, the Google can get you. <laughs> and so one day I was trying to do something and it popped up. Four million people in the streets. Four million of people in the streets. I said, what is that? Four million people in Argentina <coughs> paraded the streets over the winning of the World Cup. <laughs> for the heroes, they called them. For the heroes. For the World Cup. Now, I understand they haven't won. I get it. But four million people <laughs> where no one could drive, no one could get around, you was going to celebrate it one way or another. Are you with me? That was a procession of celebration and victory. Is everybody with me? Yeah. I'd like to tell you about another one. Some of y'all might, might celebrate this one. Wasn't it phenomenal to hear in a small town called Asbury that there was a revival? So much so where people were trying to catch flights and they didn't even know what As where Asbury was. <laughs> Same thing, highways congested, having to reroute people, detour them in different places, all because they heard that God was doing something there. Somebody say amen. amen. Say triumphant procession. procession. That's three. Number four. I've shared with you before, it's the one testimony I could have, and, and that is I Part of my reason in deciding to follow Jesus or to really commit myself to Jesus Christ 
Um, as you all know, I grew up during the era of the, what was called the Mike stage of life. Mike's, you know, be like Mike, right? Be like Michael Tyson, be like Michael Jordan, or be like uh, Michael Jackson. Are you with me? Be like Mike, right? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, amen? <laughs> it's like, I thought, I thought he was dead, you know? Listen, I was living during that time, amen? I'm not saying I had a glove or anything, you know? Ha, <laughs> boy! But I am saying this, though. While everyone was either going out and buying a shirt for Mike, trying to get paid review for a mic, or trying to get tickets to a concert for a mic, I was in a, a threshold. I was in a, a place of trying to decide that none of these mics could help me. Y'all knew what I was. Brother John, I had come to a place in my life where Mike's was not going to help me. Everybody with me? So therefore, I was dealing with be like Christ. <laughs> and one of the reasons I literally accepted Jesus Christ was because in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from, I went to a high school called Lutheran North. It was on Lucas and Hunt Road. And if you understand the Tremaine, look it up on GPS. There's a crossroads called Natural Bridge. At Natural Bridge and Lucas and Hunt, <laughs> there was a, uh, there used to be a McDonald's there. And I didn't go there or anything like this, but in my, vi but in a vision. In a what? Vision. Over at the dormitories at Helzer Hall, in, in a vision, I, I saw, like, what if Jesus was walking around on the surface of the planet of the earth today? Suppose he had a double-breasted robe. Are y'all with me? And he was walking and he went into that McDonald's. Would I choose to follow him? Back then it was also a lot of X hats and please don't write me about that. I'm just saying all of the choices that you have of who you're going to follow. I made a decision that if all of those people were causing a procession to follow Jesus, I am guaranteed that I would want to follow him too. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what is a commitment. Say commitment. What I'm talking about when I say commitment, I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm talking about I'm going to let my old ways come to pass because I'm going to embrace who Jesus Christ is. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. The very fifth parade I like to talk about is this. I remember you remember a couple of years ago, BCC, we're going to be in the parade. Nope, not Macy's Day Parade. Nope. It wasn't any parade like that. Just a little July 4th parade in Ames. But how many know we was excited? Well, come on, Dr. Johns. I mean, people had balloons. And people got special color shirts on. And we was handing out suckers and popsicles. And come back, some of the city officials says, you know, BCC. Comes to the parade. Best floated there. We was like, yay! Go, Jesus! <laughs> now, what they didn't notice, we, was, we had people stationed to hold our float up. Are you with me? <laughs> don't, don't let it go. That <laughs> but how many understand everybody wants to be a part of a procession, a parade where there's victory? Yeah. Is everybody with me? Yeah. I just gave you five examples, and later I want you to discuss a particular question I'm going to ask you. But right now, we want to understand that there was the ark of God. Read those with me, those three on the right. Ready, said, read. The ark of God, the ark of the covenant, and the ark of the testimony. It's not three different things. It was just one ark. That one ark demonstrated there as an example. It was there that God used this, this box. And from this box of the Old Testament, it was the symbol of God's presence. It was the symbol of God's what? Presence. Can I get you to go to the next screen? We hence have taught from Resurrection Sunday just Jesus. Say that with me. Jesus. We understand through cardboard, and our cardboard campaign continues 
We want you to continue with the cardboards these next couple of weeks. We love, we labor, we want to lead people here because we are like cardboard, right? You know, some of us may have been torn in life. Some of us may have been ripped in life. Some of us may be worn or weary or tired in life. But no matter who you are or where you are, how many understand you might be feeling common, ordinary, like an everyday person, but yet you're useful and usable. Somebody say amen. amen. The point is, is that those cardboard testimonies are powerful. And it's not about being on the cardboard. It's about being a living epistle. Is everybody with me? Yes, and if it wasn't for this one thing, I would have forgot the Corbell testimonies, but um, I just want to highlight just one. I mean, there's many of them, but, you know, I had forgot we had all lived through Aunt Peggy being mm-hmm. California, wasn't it California? Being in California, and we got news back, and everybody began to pray that she just had an aneurysm. <laughs> and then she flips it over and says, that was 10 years plus, and that was 10 years. <coughs> How many know Jesus can cause an aneurysm, can cause a heart attack, a stroke, a blood clot? My friend had a blood clot, and uh, the doctor came in and said to him, if this clot would have moved, you could have died. <laughs> How many understand he got saved? He made a commitment. Not out of fear, but out of realizing life is fragile. I want you to understand, you are a testimony in the making. I'm going to say that again. I am a testimony in the making. Somebody say amen. Listen, you are a testimony in the making. Praise God. Next screen, if you will. Make no mistake. Scholars, theologians, I am making sure I pronounce this so that there's no discrepancies or misunderstandings. When we talk about the ark of God, when we talk about the what? The ark of God, we have now come to understand is a revelation of Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you haven't figured this out yet, it's a little less spitting and shouting and a lot more learning today. Is everybody with me? I promise it's going to make our spitting and shouting cause you to praise and worship a little bit better. But we've got to learn some things of why we're praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. In other words, Jesus Christ is the revelation of the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Testimony. In other words, there's so many representations of the Ark of the Covenant, but especially the one we want is the presence. Everybody say presence. Presence. It's the presence is where God would meet them at is where God would dwell there. And so many revelations about the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God is a revelation of Jesus Christ. The Ark of the Covenant is a revelation of who? His presence. And so therefore today we have to learn to discern. We've got to learn to discern his presence. You see, many of us might perhaps, and I understand all of us like this, especially those that are what we call A-type sometimes or, you know, where the rubber meets the road or I'm more practical than that and I don't understand why we got to sing all those songs or, you know what, I just don't understand God. You know, all of us that are even practical, we've got to learn to discern. We've got to learn how to what? The presence of God. The way you learn to discern is we got to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that right now he ascended unto heaven and he sits at the right hand of the father forever making intercession for us. Jesus is real. Jesus is what? If you have any doubt if God is real, go back, see history books. Jesus, the Son of God, incarnate, came in flesh and blood, came through the womb of a woman, and he bore into the earth just like you and me. He had an elbow, he had a knee. Matter of fact, Jesus slept. I know y'all don't know that. (laughs) Jesus slept. How many understand? Jesus ate. Some of y'all don't know that. Jesus liked a little fish sandwich. Y'all don't understand that. I want you to understand Jesus was real and he lived just like you and me. Therefore, when Jesus died, he died for you and me. 
When Jesus was buried, he was buried to put away my past. And when he came out, he came out in resurrection power to give me a brand new life. And I started that brand new life, and it was the first day of the rest of my life. And I love the life I have right now in Christ Jesus. I love the life I have right now in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So therefore, give and express ourselves to him freely in worship. That's what this is all about, so that we can give and express ourselves to him freely. Freely in worship. Freely in what? I, my hope, and this is it's not in the notes, I want to persuade us for more. Amen. Now I'm going to do something a little bit worldly if y'all don't mind because I'm trying to communicate effectively here. I understand back in the bars or back in the party or wherever you go, wherever you used to go, there's a such thing called a wallflower. <laughs> and you just there to see everybody else. Everybody with me? Yeah. Then, you know, you walk over and go get yourself you know, some water. I can't get no help up in here, amen. <laughs> some water, amen. And then you go back to the wall. Maybe you might trade the wall on this side this time, amen. I understand that some people are just there, just, you know, that's what you do. But that's not what this is. It doesn't matter if you're introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter if you're quiet, doesn't matter if you're loud, doesn't matter if that's your jam, that's not your jam. We were all designed to worship. Because you're worshiping something. All of us in here is worshiping what? Something. something. So therefore, since we get to choose to worship something, I'm going to choose to worship someone, not Mike. I'm going to choose to worship Jesus Christ. I'm going to choose to worship God. I know it's a little bit more challenging because he's invisible. That's why we have to learn how to discern presence. That's why we have to learn how to discern what? Presence. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need, I need to, learn to learn to discern, to discern God's, presence. God's presence. Amen. Go to the next screen, if you will. Does everybody stand up? This is purposely chosen, purposely planned. I want you to right now go find someone. You're going to give them a nice little hug first, and then you're going to sit back down wherever you are. All over the church. Go find somebody. Don't find the person next to you right now. All over the church. Find you somebody to be with right now. Find someone to be with. Sit down, and let's answer this question. Find someone to be with. All right. You may be seated. Green. Hey, Todd. Green. With the person you're with, sit down. Just take a seat or you can stay standing, however you like to do it. Look, real quiet, quiet, real listen. Say, everyone plays. We're going to do two things with the person that you're with right now. Thank you for being with someone you don't know. Listen, what are you all doing? Stop it. Listen, question, listen, question number, question. You're only going to answer one question. Look. What are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go to express victories, wins, thankfulness in consistent celebrations with a revelation it is going to produce better relationship and results in your life? Here's the shortcut version. How much are you willing to do to worship? Go ahead and answer that right now with the person. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? You got two minutes. Two minutes.
How far are you willing to go? Okay, switch. Go ahead and switch. Go ahead and switch. The other person answer now, if you don't mind. I'd like the other person to speak, share. screen if you will Luis everyone plays thank you for listening to one another thank you for learning together thank you for listening thank you for learning together go to the next screen if you will everybody pause listen everybody may I have your attention may I have your attention for just a moment listen we're gonna go to the next part can have your attention for just a moment, just a moment. Look at the screen, if you will. Here's what you're going to pray for one another right now, and we'll just take a minute to do that. But look at this verse. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17 says this. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith, your strong what? Faith. One of the ingredients needed. In the Lord Jesus and your love and your what? Love. For God's people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. I'm going to repeat that again. You're going to pray that the person you're with would have the spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead, one minute. Just pray for one another right now. The other one doesn't even have to hear it. Just pray for one another out loud over the person that you're with right now. Pray. Come on, pray. Pray that they receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation pertaining to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, pray in Jesus' name. Pray over one another. Everyone plays, everyone prays. That's beautiful. Come on, pray! About 25 more seconds. Come on, press in. Quote the verses you do know, parts of the verses. Speak Jesus. I left the scriptures on the screen. God, increase our faith. Increase our love for one another, God. God, we bind the spirit of chaos and discord. And we ask that, Jesus, you would release the shalom peace that is able to bring people together. No one divided. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking, God but prosperity in Jesus' name through people who pray and worship you, the living God. It's in your holy name, Jesus, Yeshua, who still saves to the uttermost, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, all over the house, let's give the Lord a big praise offering. Go back to your original seat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Go to the next screen. Hey there, Anna. I mean, no, it's a beautiful thing where we're praying one for another for a revelation of Jesus. I mean, no, it's a beautiful thing where we're praying one for another in a revelation of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Next screen, if you will. I want you to recognize that we have been attempting, and it's still a learning process for me, to 
to share the messages from an inductive way versus deductive. Uh, we understand that the prefix in means not or no. So when we say inductive, it's not inductive. In other words, giving a bunch of details and here is the deduction from them. We have attempted to share the end of the message first and then start and try to move towards it. Everybody said amen. amen. So if you will, I want you to understand that this is the word inductive thinking and treaching in which we are attempting to share what those thoughts are. And I could say that was me, but many of y'all would not believe it because you don't see my hair on my head right now. So therefore, you just didn't think that I've ever had hair, but I want you to know I had hair once in life. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go to the next screen, if you will. Five major points here. Five major points. What worshiping Jesus leads us to. What worshiping Jesus leads us to. Hey, let's do this real quick, if you don't mind. I want to go to two scriptures that wasn't planned. Can I get you to go to 1 first, first Samuel real quick? Go to 1 Samuel 13. I'm going to have to go very fast in the second part of the message, but if I can get you to go to 1 Samuel 13, I'm going to read from the New King James. We're just going to read one verse. And then we're going to go to the book of Acts. But one verse, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, it says this. But now your kingdom shall not continue. Speaking of Saul, the Lord has sought for himself a man or in this case, a person. It was a man. It was David, a man after his own heart. Look at this, you all. God sought after a person who was after his own what? And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. God is looking for people and a people that make a person that is after his heart. God is looking for a people who is after his heart. Praise God. Go to Acts chapter 13. Again, one verse. We'll be using verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. New King James says this. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them, I'm sorry, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave what? Testimony. He gave what? Testimony. <laughs> he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Look at this next part. Who will do all my will? Isn't that powerful? God says, I found someone after my own what? Can we say that one more time? God is looking for someone after his own what? Amen. All right. Look at these points. What worshiping Jesus leads us to is this. Hosting the intimate inhabiting of God's presence. Worshiping Jesus leads us to hosting the intimate inhabiting of God's presence. Yeah. Everything needed, desired, longed, and wanted proceeds from the presence of Jesus encountering people personally. Everything you have need of comes from God's presence. You say, well, how does God get finances to me? Because God moves upon somebody's heart or in some situation in your life and finances become available. Come on. 
I like what God did to the gentleman at the gate called Beautiful. The guy was there for finances, but he didn't get finances. He got healed. How many of you know that's because sometimes you're not in need of finances. You think finances is going to solve your situation. But what he had need of was to be healed. That's why some of us don't have need of money. We have need of provision. Somebody say amen. Pastor, I don't understand how the connection between worshiping brings that. Glad you asked. What worshiping Jesus leads us to. Expressive worship. What kind of worship? Can cause Christ to bless you, your home, our people, and our community consistently and continually. Expressive worship can cause Christ to bless you, your home, our people, and our community consistently and continually. Amen. Next screen. Worship, get this, worship takes work. Not as works from the law, like sweat of the brow and striving, but reviving purpose like tending and keeping in the Garden of Eden and in spirit and in truth. Worship takes work. Work, Worship takes what? That's why, listen, before and after. This can be worship. Amen. But I hope you are working hard on the inside. That was a good word. How many understand with everybody going on and they perfume maybe not feeling right and this one over here, you know, keeps bumping you every time the song is going on. And how I many know it takes worship, takes work to focus in on Jesus. I'm preaching better than you shouting, man. Because worship takes what? We're not talking about work like, oh, this is so hard. No, 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 we're not talking about that type of work. How many you know in the word of God, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says God placed Adam into the Garden of Eden that he might tend to it and that he might keep it. <laughs> That's why over here, for some of us, this is what worship looks like. For some of us, it looks like this. For some of us, it looks like this. To a few of us, it looks like this. I'm just saying. (laughs) I was sharing with somebody the other day. We were uh, doing a uh, Nigerian wedding um, with a a co-pastor of another ministry in town here. And I'm telling you, I'm positive the co-pastor did not see a Nigerian wedding coming. (laughs) I mean, they was all in the aisle. And that was the bride, amen? <laughs> I was like, I was just trying to calm him down. I was like, that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we we, we got to understand that praise and worship, how I many know Brother Josh about 6'9", right? He's not even worried about you touching him, amen? He's going to go after because worship takes work. I'm about to get it in. Listen, does it, here's, here's the difference. Some of y'all might be saying, well, does it take all that? Pause. Let's think about that. Sometimes, sometimes, we who might be a little older, we can't really get down like some of our young sisters over here anymore. Right? So we've adapted a new type of worship. And if that's all we got, how many, of, how many of old people say, I just waved my hand, amen? <laughs> and if that's what you got, but I really want to encourage you to use this hand to encourage those that still got it. <laughs> Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm preaching today. 
Authentic and pure worship is motivated. Is what? Motivated. motivated by and moved to minister to Yeshua, the Lord, by being a person and are a united people after God's own heart. I want to make sure, I know we just read the scriptures, but somebody revealed something the other day to me, and I just thought, wow, that's really good. God is seeking worshipers, meaning, let's say, an individual, a person, right? I understand that. And we ourselves can be responsible for making sure our heart is after God. Everybody say amen. amen. But God is also looking for a people. Like in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that when we gather together, we're one person. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 that when we come together, we become one person. So therefore, God is looking for us as a united people that will worship like we lost our natural mind. Like we are going for it. Like we are expressive. Like we are working at it. We are laboring after it. Right now, I think some of y'all think I'm being blasphemous, but I'm going to show you in Scripture why I'm saying what I'm saying. That it requires labor. It requires to go after it. Praise God. Amen. And the last point, go to it. Next screen. We want to elaborately express worship like the Davidic worship order of continual prayer, praise and worship of invoking, professing blessings to thank God and praise the Lord. Those three things to profess blessings, to invoke blessings of God. Uh, one scholar says to record them. To record the blessings of God, to profess, to invoke, to record the blessings of God, to thank God, and to make sure that what we are doing is also praising the Lord. Say praising the Lord. Lord. Which today produces the prophetic and the sozo soteria salvation from the Holy Spirit scriptures, the supernatural signs, miracles, and wonders from God's presence. Those are the thoughts of why we want to worship expressively. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. Would you please meet with me in 1 Samuel chapter 6? Meet with me in 1 Samuel chapter 6. Go to the next screen, if you will. For today, I want to use one word for our worship, and that is the word trifling. Trifling. Oh, it's about to be on. Now, let me tell you why you got some people that's laughing and some people that's not. Because some people come from a culture that we know this word trifling. And it doesn't mean something good. Are you with me? I'm going to give a shout out to... Nana Vera right now, if you don't mind, amen. That's my mom, amen. And when that word was said to me, it just was all one word. Are you with me? Saran, you're being trifling. Come on, Vanessa. Now, see, that's, that's when she know my family. She said, she said it. I mean, aunts would say it. Is I got any help back in the back row? Is it, uh, yeah, trifling. Say trifling. 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 Been trying to use one word as sermon titles. This week, trifling. I really want to get this word embedded in you. Say trifling. trifling. No, some of y'all still standing with the right grammar and stuff. It's like missing parts to it. Trifling. See, mama got it. Everybody say it with me. Trifling. Turn to your neighbor and say, I do not know why the title is trifling. <laughs> All right. All right. We're in 1 Samuel, I mean 2 Samuel. Did I say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. 2 Samuel. Chapter 6. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. 2 Samuel chapter 6. New King James Version. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pull out some highlights 
But what I want you to do is I want to read the text with you so you follow along really well. And uh, won't you go to the next screen, if you will? And uh, those passages, I'll go to the next screen. Those passages that's on the screen are the ones that you want, okay, for the whole entire message. No, we probably won't get to them all, but, uh, but I gave you those five inductive thoughts so that you can now use those as a template for those passages. And everybody said, praise God. Yeah. All right. Second Samuel chapter six, starting with verse one. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him for Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God whose name is called the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells, who what? That means presence, everybody, who dwells, that's his presence, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark, hey, John, I'm going to need the ark, if you don't mind, just put it on that uh, chair, those chairs right there, thank you. So they set the ark of God, they set the ark of God on a new cart, wrong way of doing it, we taught that, we demonstrated it. And brought it out of the house of Abnadab, which was on the hill. Uzziah and Ahio, I don't know if that's correct. The sons of Abnadab drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abnadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all of the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps of string instruments, and of tambourines, of sistrums, and of cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzziah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. I said that they tripped. How I many know the world trips, and we try to, you know, put our hands on the world, and it can become very deadly. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused. I want you all to see that. It says anger. Anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzziah, and the God struck him there for his error. And he died by the ark of God. Very tragic, very terrible story. And David had a response. And David became angry. David became what? Because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzziah. What that means is, have you ever tried to feel like you was trying to do something right? David was trying to do something right and something bad happened. Have you ever been there? Then it says the name, but mm, can't do that. Shortness of time. David was afraid of the Lord that day. David was angered, and then he was afraid. And I want to say this. This is a stopping point. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Notice that he did not give up. Notice that he did not give up. He did not what? He didn't say, well, you know what? Uh -uh. No, this thing about God is, no, that's too much. No, God didn't come through. I prayed about it and nothing happened. It's getting quiet up in here. I can't preach that right now, but here's the point. I really think it's worth your notes because it's really good, and especially in this era and generation that we're living in. Listen, the Bible says, and David was afraid. Here's what I want you to think about. David increased his fear of the Lord, not fear like running away, but David became more revered. David became more what? Here's as plain as I can put this with these couple of minutes. You know what we have to sometimes be careful about? Being too loose with God. How many know that sometimes we just way too loose with God? Right? We just, we, we don't revere God for being God. But he's shown up. I need you now, God. How many understand? He's not Santa Claus. It's not like, come get me. Because I got help, but I just know the Lord is for me. You're right. He was for you when you wasn't in trouble too. The question isn't if God is for you or if God loves you. The question is, are you for the Lord? And so the reason the guy died is because they did it the world's way or the Philistine's way. They didn't do it from the word or from God's way. Is everybody with me? And I want you to check there first. If you got something going astray, check there first. Am I doing it according to the word or am I doing it according to the world? Check there first. Don't just throw God away like God's not going to come through. Go back and check the word. Check the what? Because that's what David did. He didn't give up. David didn't what? Because he was a person after God's own heart. 
Some of us might be testing God out to see if he, oh, I don't know if he, oh, I'm going to just see if this thing is real. No, God's real. I'm living today. Everybody with me? I grew up. I don't know what age it was. And I said, you know what? Because everything around me, I saw divorced. Oh, now we got quiet. And I said to myself, you know what? When I grow up, just like you did, I said, you know what? When I grow up, I'm going to be married for the rest of my life. I'm serious. I hadn't seen it. And the ones I did see it, I didn't want to be like it. God is able to do something with you that you've never seen before. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I'll go back over to the scriptures. David, verse 10. So David would not move the cart. Listen, so David would not, there's at least two points. So David would not move the ark of God. The ark of God represents the presence of God. The ark of God represents the what? God would dwell right here in what was called the glory of God, or here the Shekinah would manifest above the mercy seat. So therefore, it represents the presence of God. And so David says, I'm not going to move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, which is what now he was the king over all of Israel. But David took it aside to the house of, here we go, stop number one. He stopped at Obed-Edom, the Gittite. He stopped over at Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Look at this, what happened at Obed-Edom's house. That's a name right there, amen. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. How long? Look what happened. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Remember the three points? Remember the three points? Can I share with you what? We just got to go there because time. Obed-Edom, break his name down. obed at Edom. Edom is easy. He was an Edomite. But he was from, he was a Gittite. And a Gittite is from Gath. And Gath is the same phrase we get from Gethsemane. And Gethsemane is the same place that we get a wine press or an oil press. So therefore, we understand this guy got something going on. The next thing you need to understand about Obed, say Obed. Obed. The name Obed means work. Obed means labor. Obed means serve. Obed means to do labor and to put yourself in labor, to put yourself in work. It means to put yourself into it. Wait, part of the definition, Hebrew definition is it means to tend to it, to like till, like till, like till the ground. So Obed-Edom, he was a singer and he was a doorkeeper. No pastor, no priest, wasn't a prophet like Jeremiah. He was a doorkeeper. And as a doorkeeper, the Bible says when the Ark of the Covenant, which represents his, represents his, was at his house for three months, we want to understand this. He like, shh. The presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant is up in here. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Oh, Shaddai. El Shaddai. I want you to understand his name also means worshiper. You see, over at Obed House, the Ark of the Covenant or his presence was being ushered in. He was worshiping God. He was worshiping his presence. Nobody else was there. He didn't need, uh, you know, an AirPod or anything else. He was just over there giving himself to the Lord, giving him all that he had. The Bible says he was a singer, singing unto the presence of the Lord, worshiping him as he knew how to do so, even as he was a Levite. I want you to know that Obed-Edom, he was worshiping God so much that the word got back to David. God's blessing him and his household. The Bible says that God was blessing his household. Now let me ask the question again. How many of y'all can stand for God to bless your house in yeah. Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. So, I don't know, just let me read it. We'll just stay in this verse. We'll stay in this chapter. Now it was told to King David, verse 12. Look at this, y'all. Now it was told to King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Do y'all see this? 
and all that belongs to him. And all that what? If you go back and look at the point, that's where I'm getting it from. And all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. The ark of God represents what? <laughs> so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom. Did you get that? Yes. King David, a man after God's own heart, he was like, look, uh-uh, we going to get that. Let's get you everybody together. I need the trumpets. I need the singers. I need the choice elders. All the tribes need to be represented. Come on, y'all. We're going to get this thing. Yes, That's the way you want to be about God's presence. Well, I don't know. I'm going to go to church today. So I don't know about you. I'm going to church today. <laughs> right? Spouse say, honey, watch it online. I'm on my way out. Because I've got to get where the corporate body comes. I've got to get where God dwells. I want to be where people pray out in other tongues. I want to be where hands are laid and people get well. I want to be where there is demons being cast out. I want to be where darkness turns into light. I want to be where people's hearts get healed. I want to be wherever the presence of God is because he deserves to be worshipped. Yeah, I was ready. Well, you should have been worshiping all week. I was. That's why I'm going to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Verse uh, 13. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. Boy, I can preach that. That he sacrificed oxen and a fatted sheep. Then David danced. Yeah. What? Then David what? <laughs> Listen, if you know the waltz, could you get your worship waltz on? Right. <laughs> I mean, whatever you got. I'm just asking that can you express a little bit? I can guarantee God's presence will come. Amen. 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 Listen, then David danced before the Lord with all his what? Is anybody reading the same Bible? Yeah. <laughs> With all his what? Might. If that's what you got, go for it. But this energy he gave me, <laughs> I told you, I'm not doing this for you. I will run up and down the hall of our house with my dog, and he tries to think we're playing catch. <laughs> because I want God to know God. When we sang that song and Joanne was hitting them notes, I began to tear up because he rescued me. <laughs> you know what? Let me explain it a different way. Getting a lot more nostalgic and melancholic in this age, I guess. I don't come necessarily from a father that was there. I didn't know how to take care of our first son because I didn't know what it was to be fathered by my own father. So if you don't think that at every moment I get a chance to cry or abide or shake my head or stump my foot or whatever it is, I'm just grateful to God that I'm saved and my whole household is saved and we name it the name of Jesus and that doesn't call us perfect, but we are being perfected. I was a sinner and now I'm saved and Jesus Christ was enough for me to turn my life around. I'm not talking about 180, I'm talking about 360. And thanks be to God that he is worthy of all of my might. Hallelujah. I don't know if it's going to come up in the message, so let me put it out right now. No, it's in the message. Oh, come on. Look, 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 look. Let's keep reading. What verse am I on? Oh, oh, we're there. Just jump down to 18. Now, as the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, Michael, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David. He was royal. He was what? Royal. Leaping and whirling before the Lord. 
and she despised him in her heart. Is everybody there? Put it in today's language. Here you have somebody praising God, giving God all that they got, and they over here like this. Say amen. Amen. How many understand haters going to be haters? Can I tell you why? They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you came out of. They don't know what you just cried over last night. You, they don't know when you was in bondage. They didn't know when the lights was out, you had more tears on the pillow than you had in the water faucet. They don't know that you've been crying over somebody to come into your life that would be a miracle. They don't know that our aneurysm could have killed me, my wife, and I would have been alone in the world. They don't know what you've gone through, so don't worry about what others feel about you. You worry about the very one that is able to save your life and continually receive your praise. We cannot live for others. We have to live for the only one that gave his life for us. Say worship. worship. Here it comes. Here it comes. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings and blessed the people, he blessed the what? In the name of the Lord of hosts, then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both women and the men. Now, you got to catch why it says women and men, because how many know in those days and even like today, the women were excluded. They weren't even named. Do you see why worship even caused salvation and everybody to be treated equal? Somebody say amen. Is anybody tired of being oppressed? Is anybody tired of the devil picking at you in your house? Is anybody tired of you going without and you lacking? I want you to understand, David, after worship, after worshiping with all his might, he has on the priestly ephod, he is royalty of the king, he blessed his whole community, and that's what one church, that's what the church all around, one church, as Pastor Jeremy says, there's only one church in Ames, and that's the church of Jesus. We are a part, and if we would all shine, our whole Ames community would yeah. be blessed. Look it, it, look, it materialized to everyone a loaf of bread. They start having substance, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. That sounds like joy in the city. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, sir, say trifling. trifling. Here's the message. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Hmm. Well, well, king. How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of those maiden servants as one of those base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Everybody with me? David was a man after God's own heart. He said this. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Over Israel. And therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. And will be humble. I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the handmaidens of the women you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Somebody say amen. amen. Say undignified. undignified. You look it up for yourself. Look it up. I want you to understand a few words of that undignified. David says, I'm going to become, they wrote a good song about it, a little rock Christian song. I'm going to become even more undignified than this. But the Hebrew also means 
trifling. <laughs> I'm going to become uh, even more trifling. I'm going to become even more trifling. You think I was trifling? Watch this. I'm going to become even more untruffling. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is that good to me. He is the resurrection. He saved my life. He is the prophetic. He is the prophecy. Trifling. Worship is trifling. John, I just think you ought to just come sometimes and go like this. I'm going to become even more trifling. Somebody say amen. amen. My God. Can I give you one more? Stand to your feet. Can I give you one more? Uh-huh. Are y'all ready? Uh-huh. The word also means despicable. Oh. <laughs> give me a tissue, Anna Maria. Say despicable. despicable. Turn to your neighbor and say despicable. Despicable. <laughs> Listen, I got one, Anna. I almost named the message Despicable Me. <laughs> because uh, I'm not only becoming more undignified, I'm going to become trifling, and guess what? I'm going to be more despicable. Let's give the Lord a big shout in Jesus' name. All hands lifted. Father, we thank you for the incredible presence of God. God, I just know people in this room, some of us, we need to become more undone. Some of us are more, we have more sight on ourselves and not wanting to be embarrassed more than willing to give you the dignified, undignified, trifling, absolute, completely undignified worship that you deserve. Father, some people teach that you become like what you worship. So, Lord, I didn't want to be like Mike. Lord, I didn't want to be like anybody else. I wanted to be like Christ. Therefore, when I come to you, I worship you in spirit and in truth. I worship you authentically and genuinely. I worship you, Lord Jesus Christ, because I know I want to see your face. I want to host your presence. I want to have an intimacy with you. The word worship means to kiss. I want to kiss you, God. I'm not looking for a date, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. I'm looking for you to date me. I'm looking for you to be the lover of my soul. I'm looking for you to be my comforter. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. And may we as a body become worshipers. May we as a body become worshipers. And Lord, may May you dwell in our house. May you make things happen that only you can do. If you are in this place and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, all hands down, or you want to say, you know, I want to come closer to Jesus today, we don't want to leave this service without giving you an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. Could I get you to just lift your hand right now? This isn't to embarrass you, but just to show you that Jesus sees you as you see him. So at the count of my voice of one, two, three, you're just saying, Jesus, I want to worship you. I want to make a commitment, just like Pastor said when he saw you at McDonald's. Just like that commitment that it takes that I leave my past behind. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be forgiven for what I did last night, last week, last month, last year. And I want to forgive those who have done things against me. If that's you in this room right now at the count of three, I just want you to lift up your hand. We just want to pray a prayer that takes you from darkness into light. One, I want to be forgiven. I want to come close. I need a new year. I need a new season. Two, Soteria, Sozo, saved, healed, delivered. 
right now in Jesus' name. Three, lift up your hands if you're in this room, if you're watching online. Thank you so much, woman of God. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else in this house? Thank you so much. Right there from where you're standing, just literally say these words. I accept you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. I repent of my sins, and I want a new life in you. I want to worship you according to the word of God and according to your Holy Spirit. I name the name of Jesus for a transformed life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we shout unto the Lord right now in Jesus' name? We believe God does something miraculous through a hug. Can I get you to turn to the person near you and give them a hug right now in Jesus' name? God's been setting people free through a hug in here. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. Father, we depart from this place, but we host your presence. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. we are dismissed. Right now, we got starting point lunch. <laughs>